0: Welcome in to the latest edition of Dog Tracks. Tracking the running Bulldogs, and of course, it is football season. The Gardner-Webb football team off to a 1-1 start after a victory over Limestone. Lost to Coastal Carolina this past Saturday, 31-27. But to the surprise of many, maybe not so much to the surprise of our guest, for the second consecutive season, Gardner-Webb nearly knocked off a talented FBS foe on the road, In one of those games that on paper, they're not necessarily supposed to win. And so we welcome in the head coach of the running Bulldogs, Trey Lamb, to talk a little bit about that game and talk a little bit about this season going forward. Coach Lamb, the Coastal Carolina game, that's a team that could win 10, 11 games. That's a team that in recent years has been in the top 25. That's a team that's got a quarterback that could go in the first three rounds of the draft. That is a game in which you entered as a 34-point underdog fbs versus fcs you know the situation better than anyone so what is your takeaway from a game that you had a chance the ball late with the possibility of winning
1: yeah just just disappointed really more than anything um gutted for our players um you know it's nobody's fault but ours we we self-inflicted five turnovers and and one turnover on special teams ended up giving them a short field to score a touchdown and then we gave up a kick return for a touchdown so I mean statistically speaking we won the game in every single category more yards um, you know every every single category other than points and special teams you know that that's that's the two areas where we really got beat Um, obviously they have 22 more scholarships than us and it probably impacted our special teams a little bit but No excuses. Um, I I don't want to be the team that plays those games close. I want to win one of those. Um, There's no doubt in my mind we have two more this year, and we'll give our our best shot. Um, You love playing good, and we play good. There's no doubt about it. And and our team feels uh, like they can build off of it, but also at the same time, we want to taste victory. The goal is to win football games uh, and do it the right way with class and integrity. And I think our guys represented the university really well Saturday night. I got a lot to be
0: proud of as their coach and, and I can coach that kind of effort all day long. The back end of your answer is positive. And I was going to say there has to be positives in a game like that that again, the the odds are stacked against you. Am I am I wrong?
1: Yeah, no, like we we did I didn't know what to expect, you know. We had we told our team we could win the game. I believed we could win the game and and our coaching staff believed we could win the game. Now they're a lot more talented than Georgia Southern was last year. I mean, this is a team that's won 22 of their last 24 games, 11 and 1 and 11 and 1, uh, with bowl appearances the last two years, won the Sun Belt, and we all know how good that league is. Um, so, I mean, this is not a situation where, you know, Georgia Southern, they weren't as talented or weren't as good as this crowd, and, and this crowd is really good. And, and um, you know, I was almost a little bit, not surprised, but. I was really excited to watch our guys fight back. We went down seventeen-three and didn't touch the ball on offense. They returned a kick for a touchdown, and and uh, we we give up a a kickoff return fumble, and they score fourteen unanswered. Well, we answer the bell. We come back and tie the game, take the lead uh, late in the fourth quarter, and and just didn't have enough bullets in the gun to finish it, and made made too many critical mistakes. And so there's a lot to teach off of. I'm extremely proud of our defense. They gave up seventeen points. Um, to, to one of the most talented quarterbacks and offenses in the country uh, at all levels. And they gave up 1.2 yards per carry on 36 rushes. Mm-hmm. So our, our front seven absolutely dominated the game um, on that side of the ball, and, and I'm very proud of the way our defense played.
0: I guess what I'm struck by, and last thought on the Coastal Carolina game, I, I guess what I'm struck by is I've been fortunate enough to be in the locker room with your team post-game last year versus Georgia Southern and this year versus Coastal. And the overwhelming feel, not just from you as the head coach, but from your veteran players, and you have largely a returning roster from last year. Last year, you said, after Georgia Southern, no moral victories, but I'm proud of you guys. They didn't want any more of that. If we had five more minutes, we would have won the game. We can build off this. This year, there was clearly far more of a disappointment, an expectation to win that game. Mm -hmm. Correct?
1: Yes, yeah. I mean, we... we we coached all week to win it. We practiced all week to win it. We're, we're never going to go into a game without trying to win it. But um, I think our guys realize how good we could be and how good we are. You know, last year we were kind of feeling our way out. Really our first year didn't have an offseason. You know, <coughs> these guys have been working extremely hard. Um, first spring practice this year, first tr- offseason training. And, and I think the closeness of our team and how hard they've worked and changed their bodies, they think they're better than they are. And that's where you want them. Mm-hmm. and our guys are are talented we have a good core coming back and and I know nobody really wants to hear this but everybody's coming mm-hmm. back again next year we lose mm-hmm. really like four or five key players but the core, 90% of our guys have more years left and and you know we got to we got to rally the troops and and go win this football game Saturday but I can't tell you how excited I am about the future like our guys are stuck together like glue there's accountability. You know, if a guy misses a weight room session or misses a meeting or late to class, he's. I don't even have to handle it anymore. Like that's the truth. Our our, our players are checking that. Like their position groups are saying, "Hey man, that's not good enough. Here's your punishment. Um, that's not going to run. That's we're, we're not going to operate like that in this program. Um, so yeah. that's been good to see. Just the player led stuff. Uh, the fact that we got a lot of guys with more years left of eligibility. I, I I'm I'm so encouraged. Um, I'm proud to be here. I I love it here, and and we're doing a really good job. And I truly believe that, and I think our players see that.
0: So to your point about player-led, as you're walking out to the locker room, one of your uh, senior veteran leaders, Gabe Thompson, he says, Coach, I want to speak. You said, okay. You spoke a few words in the locker room after the game, and then Gabe stepped up. And he echoed, maybe even more so than you, a level of disappointment and accountability. As someone who's been around the program and observed the program, that's different. That's something, I guess, a testament to you, but it's it's different from where this program has been.
1: It's just expectations. Like, we walk around like we want to win the games, you know. We yeah. practice like, hey, we're a good team. Nobody's going to come in here and beat us. Yeah. You know, we're not we're not going to go on the road and be scared of anybody. We want to take the fight to them, and that's the mentality we, we take on a day-to-day basis. Or It starts with me. It trickles down to our coaches. Just the competitiveness. Like, I can't stand losing. I hate it. I, I beat myself up. I don't go home. I can't stand losing. You can ask my wife, my family, I, I, and I think it's trickled down through our players a little bit, the competitiveness of, hey, we're not going to be losers. And uh, we can't necessarily always control the results, but we can control what we can control and do our very best on a day-to-day basis to give ourselves a great chance to win on Saturdays.
0: So one and one to start the season. We turn our attention to Elon this upcoming Saturday, September 17th, uh, 6 p.m. game up the road. Mm-hmm. First on a couple of your players, Nari Gaither, uh, he played, I believe, one snap the other day versus Coastal, had an ankle injury. Um, you addressed it after the game and said, we'll see. What's his status for this weekend and going forward?
1: Yeah, we'll see where he's at. I mean, he, he's got an ankle. Um, you know, he's working hard to rehab it. We've had, obviously, a lot of NFL scouts come to look at Nari and some of our other players and had the Saints here Sunday to watch practice, and he's trying to go uh, he's trying to go for our, his teammates. He's trying to go uh, so we can win games. But at the same time, you know, our conference schedule is late in the year, and I want to make sure we're playing our best football and our healthiest football, you know, when we go into the conference schedule. So um, it's going to be a game-time decision for him. Um, he, he's he's working his butt off, and, and he's really trying to get back, which which is a testament to our training staff and, and to Nari. Um He does not want to let his teammates down. But uh, he, he did roll his ankle, and, and we'll see where he's at. That's a big piece to lose, preseason offensive player of the year on the conference, two-time all-conference guy. There's no doubt. Yeah, he's our best player on offense. I don't think anybody would argue that. Um, he's he's a core player. He, 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 didn't, he got a ton of captain votes. He, he's just a leader, a
0: winner, um, a guy we really need to be successful. Justin Franklin, preseason all-conference wide receiver. Um, I believe he injured his leg before the Coastal Carolina game. Uh, I have not spoken to you about this, so just some clarification. Is he yeah, he's out for status. the year.
1: He broke his ankle um, yeah. or broke his fibia. Uh, I guess pretty high up on his on his leg. He, what he does had that sur- do? He had surgery last week in Atlanta, okay. uh, where he's from, and and he's there right now. He'll be back up on the twenty first to finish his rehab here and finish his classes for the semester. But he'll be out for the rest of the year. Um, you know, I hate it for that kid. He's a warrior. He's a bulldog. Um, in, in more ways than one, and, and it's going to be a loss to us. But you know what? That's why we prepare. That's why we recruit good players and next-man mentality, and you got to stay ready, and, and competition is going to breed excellence.
0: Bailey Fisher, your quarterback, threw for 400 yards the other day. Um, you had said Matthew Caldwell, as a backup, will get some snaps early versus Limestone, that you opened up all competitions in the offseason and that Bailey, with his experience, won that competition. Um Bailey played the entire game versus Coastal. He played very, very well, although he did uh, have a couple of turnovers, a fumble, and th- two interceptions thrown late. How do you assess Bailey's play through two games?
1: Yeah, he's gotten a lot better. I think the competition feature has has really um, pushed him. And I had a plan to play Matthew the other night, and Bailey, you know, we just moved the ball. Like, we only punted, I don't know, three times against Coastal. And, I mean, we, we – there was never an issue of us moving the ball. Like, even the first two drives, we we're moving the ball. A penalty set us back, and we ended up having to punt. Um, and then the second drive, we're driving. We when I mean, we get, like, four explosive plays in a row, and then Bailey fumbles. Um, so that's the reason I really didn't play Matthew that much. First of all, he had a groin injury in practice, which he'll be fine, but he's a little bit slower on his feet. And Bailey was just moving the ball. Like, I'm not going to take a qu- – if, if a guy's in rhythm, and I can tell he's in rhythm, and I've played the position, I know what it's like. Um, I'm not going to risk losing a game to get another guy in if the ball's moving. Like, we were moving the ball. There was no question about it. We never were stagnant um, mm-hmm. in that football game. Like, not one time we went three and out once, and that was the second to last series of the game. So there was never an issue of us moving the ball. If it had gone different, I probably would have played Matthew. But Bailey has played well his first two games. Um, he's got to keep up this level of play and continue to elevate.
0: So is it safe to say that there's any more separation in the battle and that this is Bailey's more going forward, or no, this is still it's somewhat certainly
1: determined. It's certainly Bailey's quarterback job. Okay. I mean, it's his to lose, and, and he knows that. But Matthew is is talented, and, and I'm going to have a hard time not playing Matthew throughout the season. Just I want to get him some reps because next year we got a really good team, and and he's going to be competing with Zavion to get Xavion Brower to be our starting quarterback, and we got to keep both of them here. And, I mean, we all know how the transfer portal works at that position. I want to make sure they're both happy and competitive. And and our football program is in unbelievable shape with Matthew and Xavion moving forward. Can't imagine you have too many complaints about the defense after two games. No, just, I mean, our front seven's elite for this level. They really are. Now the challenge you got as a coach coaching 18-year-olds is, Hey, this is the expectation. We cannot go backwards. Like, I'm going to challenge them today when we get in that team meeting. I'm going to call them out one by one, and we're going to show it in front of the team. We're going to show accountability and how they practice because you put on tape how hard you can play and how good you can do. If you can't do that on a day to day basis on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday practices, then you're letting us all down. You're slapping us all in the face. So, we're just going to make sure we hold them accountable. Um, that's the expectation in which we play with, shutting down the run, making the offense one dimensional. Uh, very proud of our plan our coaches did a great job on that side and we got a really good culture on that side of the ball they play hard and and they play nasty
0: this is your third year as a head coach you knew you were taking over a program that had struggled in recent years Mm -hmm. at this point going into week three of year number three is everything on track where you wanted it to be if you were to look back for day one back in December of 19 when you were first named the head coach
1: yeah I, I think so um you know that first year was so challenging, playing fifteen games. It was four spring games and eleven in the fall. And you
0: didn't coach for fourteen months when you got there.
1: That's true. You. And yeah. then you know we played that that spring season, which was it was all right. We I think we got better, and we needed it. Uh, we just needed to play. And then you know we turn right around two months later and play a fall season. That was probably the biggest disappointment. So we didn't have the that first off season. You know, have the time to mold the guys and and change their hearts and minds and. Uh, That was the hardest part of it, not having an offseason, then having all the COVID protocols and Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. But um, right where where we're at right now is where I'd want to be. If you'd have told me, you know, I had this game circled against Coastal Carolina when I took this job, and if you'd have told me we'd have lost by four, you know, and had 500 yards of offense and they only had 300, I would have told you you're crazy when I first got here. Mm -hmm. But um, I think we've changed the culture to where the expectations are to win. And we just got to keep going above and beyond that. And and I look forward to having a great year this year. Um, I think our players want it more than ever. Our, our coaches want it more than ever. And and I'm, I'm really excited about the future. But I think we've done a good job
0: um, of, of consistently getting better. And we just got to show improvement this year. Coming up in a family of former head coaches and current head coaches, what's the number one thing you've learned now here in year number three about being a head coach especially in these turbulent times of college athletics where things are changing every single day
1: yeah I mean I I think I found out a lot about myself last year you know and and you go through it for 12 months and play 15 games and um, I've coached I've only coached 17 games as a head coach um, you know I think I think you learn about it every single day and there's about five things are going to cross your desk that you had no idea you're going to have to deal with um and you better be a problem solver you better know where the answers are and you better protect your culture at all costs and uh, I think that's one of the things I do well and we do well as a staff and as a team is Is you're either in or you're out and um you can't you can't tiptoe through this thing it can't be lukewarm um you know you've got to be committed to, to what we want to do and committed to our goals and I've learned a ton about being a head coach I, I think we called a really good game the other night you know I think that that's probably the 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 part that is most scrutinized as coaches is the play calling. But to be honest with you, that's just such a small factor of, of, of football and, and how the games are decided. It has a whole lot more to do with, with teaching and, and meetings and, and culture and um, how kids think and how they operate and how they take care of themselves off the field. Like all that stuff goes hand in hand
0: with winning. Last year, there was a moment in time for a few weeks where your team got caught in a rut of these heartbreaking close losses, you know, four or five in a row, I think at one point. You addressed that after the game versus Coastal, and you said, don't let that happen again. Come back, do the work every day, don't let that happen again. It, it does seem like you as a coach, this team with their experience, is well past that. Uh, the final game of last year versus a would lead you to believe that and maybe help you get out of that. But how can you avoid that uh, happening every week? Because you do have a couple of tough non-conference games coming up here.
1: Yeah, I think when you take over a job, a place that hasn't had a ton of consistent success, that's something you're always going to struggle with because it's the same players in the locker room, and and sometimes when things don't go right, they revert back to the past. And, you know, the good thing is most of the guys that I had when I took over are not here. I would say 75% of the team is my guys. And, yes, they're young. Yes, they got a lot of football left to play, but they don't know the history of Gardner-Webb. They don't know – that this place has, has not won a bunch of games. So um, we uh, we we have tried to instill new new thought process, processes there, and, and every single play and every single game is its own entity, and it absolutely has nothing to do with whatever's happened in the past. And, you know, I tell our guys all the time that the windshield is a lot, lot bigger than the rear view. Yeah, it's important to take peeks back and learn from it, uh, but once we're past that game, it has no impact on the next one. So – if people think, like, oh, they lost the last close and they'll probably lose this close, when that's not how it works. You know, we, we every single play is its own entity and every single game is its own entity, and that's what I'm trying to teach our guys. Like, hey, we've got to go earn the right to win every single week and make we'll make those plays. The ball's got to bounce our way. It will, I promise. Um, it's going to revert back to the mean, and ball didn't bounce our way last year, and we didn't make enough plays late in games to finish. So the big emphasis this year, this year has been to finish plays, finish drills, finish drives.
0: So Elon on Saturday, they just blanked Wofford, 26 nothing. This is a program that has been very good in and out of the top 25 over the last few years. But might I remind you, although they were on a backup quarterback and it was in that shortened spring season, in your first ever game as a head coach back in the spring of 2021, you beat a then-ranked Elon team, nearly doubling them up with a blowout in the second half. So what do you expect from Elon on Saturday?
1: Yeah, they're, they're much improved. I mean... You know, Coach Trish does a really good job on defense. I think they're a really good, really good defensive unit. They're long, they're athletic, they're they're physical. They kind of remind me a lot of our defense, honestly. Uh, probably a little more experience in the back end. Um, offensively, they they're still really trying to hit their stride. I think this year they're they're they played Vanderbilt very close. They they beat the crap out of Wofford. Um, so they're they're. They're really, uh, they're kind of hitting their stride a little bit. So I think it's going to be a really good game Saturday night. I'm looking forward to coaching in it. These are the kind of games you want to coach in. Good matchups. You know, we've played down one week to Limestone, and we've played up to Coastal Carolina. So, in my opinion, this is our first true test um, with a team of our our athleticism, our, our ability. I'd say. You know, Vegas will probably have it as a toss-up 50-50 game, and, and the team that goes out there and, and practices the hardest this week and, and stays the healthiest is going to be the one that wins the game. we got to go execute on
0: Saturday. It's amazing at this level, D2 game, FBS game of the week. You don't really know how you stack up yet against some of the light competition. No. And it this was the, that way last yeah, year, too. Yeah,
1: and this is the only sport in the world where you don't get a scrimmage, you know. Yeah.
0: Everybody <laughs> else
1: gets a everybody else gets a scrimmage uh, or, 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 or warm-up games, ex- exhibition games. Yeah. Um, you know, we only get 11 opportunities, so you better be ready when your number's called.
0: Head football coach Trey Lamb, Elon on Saturday. Trey, uh, congrats on some of the success at getting to this point and, and doing what your team nearly did last week. And uh, all the best of luck on Saturday.
1: Yeah, thank you. We'll uh, Those scoreboard results are going to start showing up, I promise. We're, we're, we're right where we need to be. Thanks,
0: Trey. Again, opening kickoff on Saturday at Elon is scheduled for 6 p.m., if you can't make it up to the game, TV coverage on Flow Football. Radio coverage, as always, starts at 5.30 with the PNC Bank pregame show on the Running Bulldogs Sports Network. Locally on your radio dial, you can hear the game on WGNC AM 1450, FM one oh one one. That does it for this edition of Dog Tracks. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Phil Constantino. You can track all that's happening in Running Bulldogs Athletics, GWU Sports.com. That's GWU the official website of Gardner Webb University Athletics. And remember follow the Running Bulldogs on social media, all the different platforms, at GWU Sports, at GWU Sports, or search the hashtag Running Bulldogs. Until next time, let's go, dogs you <laughs>